Welcome to episode six of the SWN podcast. I'm your host, Billy. I think it's the first time I've actually mentioned my name uh, during these, these podcasts. I am joined by the Fair City Hooligan uh, from Fife Pro Wrestling Asylum, Brent Carter. Hello, Brent. Hello. So this is going to be the first time we've got a trainee, uh, someone who hasn't actually had a match yet uh, on, on the show. So it'd be nice to, to hear it how training's progressing and, and what have you. But of course, we're going to start with the boring questions. How did you get into professional wrestling? Oh, um, God, I should have been prepared for this. Um, I got into it properly, I'd say, when I was about nine or ten. Um, I watched a bit when I was younger. I remember the first time I ever watched wrestling, um, I was three or four. Um, it was a Saturday night and my mum was going out. So I was getting looked after by her friend who lived in the flat above us and had two boys that were older than me. And they were really into wrestling. And so they had wrestling on the TV and I burst out crying because I did not want to watch it whatsoever because I wanted to watch Gladiators because Gladiators was on on a Saturday night and that was my thing. So my mum had to phone downstairs. No, sorry. Um, the babysitter had to phone downstairs to my mum because she still hadn't left yet. Uh, and my mum had to promise that she was going to record it for me um, so that I could watch it when I got home the next day. Uh, so then eventually I calmed down and I started to watch it and got really into it. I don't think I ever did watch that Gladiators tape because then I was pretty into wrestling. I got like the little really Hasbro figures and things. Um, so I got into that for a bit, but then we never really had any Sky or anything that had wrestling on the TV. Uh, my mum would like pick me up some videos from car boot sales and stuff and I'd watch that but it got pretty limited and I was just watching the same stuff over and over so I sort of fell out of love with it as a child um, and then didn't really pick up again until I want to say 99-2000 um, everyone in school was really into wrestling and I was like I, I, don't have, I like Pokemon Pokemon's cool. Do you guys like Pokemon? But um, uh, was scanning through the cable channels and found ECW of all things, um, and Dusty Rhodes was in it, and I was like, I remember him. He was the guy on the ones I watched before because I had the tapes of like SummerSlam and WrestleMania where he was fighting Million Dollar Man. And I was like, oh, I recognise this. Oh God, what are they doing? And then ever since then, just was proper into ECW, um, WCW, because WCW was on cable. We never had Sky, so I never got to watch WWF until way, way later. So I was like a WCW, ECW guy for a bit. And then they'd stopped happening because they both went out of business. So then I had no wrestling again for a while. And then eventually we got Sky, what's it, like 2002, 2003. It was like the proper... The brand split had happened and we had SmackDown. Um, and it was like Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, guys like that. So then that was when I was able to watch it 
properly the whole way through. But yeah, it's a sort of on and off thing with wrestling. So our, our timeline is kind of the same then for watching this. So I think we're, I guess we're around about the same age. Um, obviously, I look way older. Um, but yeah, so I started watching around about that time. Well, 99, 2000, I watched it on Channel 4. Did you, did you see Heat on Channel 4? Got some Heat. I remember there was a few Royal Rumbles that were on really late. Yes, well. Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. I remember being awake and seeing the whole... The only thing I really vividly remember from Royal Rumble 2000 was the whole Mae Young thing. I remember that vividly. <laughs> as a nine-year-old, just like, okay, that's, <laughs> don't go down WCW, back to WCW. <laughs> but to, to Worldwide on uh, on Channel 5, I used to remember to, to, to try and, coord I didn't have Sky either, so I had to coordinate my uh, sleepovers to my mate's house for Friday night, because he had Sky, so I could watch Smackdown on Saturday. Then go home on sun uh, to Sunday and watch metal. I remember my granny and granddad. They had um, some sort of weird, probably not legal, uh, digibox thing in their living room, and they never properly got the Sky channels. The channel was like the white static. But if you went on the channel, you still got the audio. And I remember there were nights that I used to listen to WWF Raw not see anything but just listen and be like all right okay i think i get the gist of what's going on but just nothing on the screen so so from that point you um when i started doing this website and doing all this the stuff for swtv and whatnot um when i went on to like fan forums and stuff like that you you were actually one of the more prominent people i recognized from like photos in the crowd from david j wilson um so you went from being a fan to now you're doing or trying to do the wrestling. Uh, how did you bridge between being a fan and deciding to actually go for it? Um, hmm. I stopped going to shows for a while. Um, like the my dream had always been to be a wrestler, um, but then there had been lots of things in in the way of that. Um, so then I would like save up money for tickets and get tickets to pretty much every show I could. Um, I had some stuff go on in my personal life where I took like a step back from going to wrestling, from pretty much doing anything. I just was like working, sleeping and like took a break from having any sort of social life. Um, eventually started getting back into going to some shows like Discovery and then we I ended up moving to Fife um, about just under two years ago and not long after that Andy put up the whole starting FPWA uh, in Glenrothes which is only about a 15-20 minute drive away I was like, oh, right, this is perfect. So signed up straight away because um, it just seemed like everything had finally fallen into place. So 
started, when was that? October, 1st of October last year was when we all started training. That was the first night of FPWA, if I'm remembering right. And then, yeah, been going ever since. So it's uh, six months and then the world ended. Um, yeah. So go back to, to going to shows. Do you remember what, Do you remember anything from the first independent show you went to? Oh, first, like first real independent or like, I went to a few tribute shows as a kid, not realising what I was seeing, thinking I was seeing like the real road warrior. Wolf. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can count. I, I try not to count because I, I went to one tribute and that was enough for me to not go to another one. Um, we'll, we'll say your first proper independent first proper, job. Um, God, I want to say I was like 13 or 14. I uh, was in the Salutation Hotel in Perth. Um, cannot remember much about the show at all. Um, I think, oh. you know, I genuinely could not tell you anyone that wrestled on that card. Um, was that a touring company or was it um, like one that was around um, about that area? I think okay. it was one, I think it was a company from Dundee, possibly. Right. In Perth, um, yeah, no, I'm sure it was. And then there wasn't many shows in Perth, so when there was, it was pretty rare. So when that one happened, I was like, "Oh right, definitely." Um, I remember at the end of the show, there were there was someone on the microphone saying, "Thanks for coming to the show." Um, if anyone's interested in signing up for the wrestling school, then we'll take your name and phone number at the back of the building as you're all exiting. And I was like, amazing. 14-year-old me thinking, yep, okay, I'll be a wrestler. Um, so signed my name and my phone number and then got a phone call uh, just explaining everything, where the training school was. Um, and that I'd be welcome to join and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, this was back in the days of landlines. So I was on the phone downstairs in the kitchen, not knowing that my mum, who answered the phone in the first place, in the phone upstairs by the living room, was still listening in. Um, so ended the call, hung up, went upstairs to tell my mum about the phone call. She was like, yeah, I was listening in. That sounds dodgy, you're not going. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Um, so, so that was that was almost your first taste of of, of the pro wrestling. Um, so, Discovery Wrestling is a company you mentioned uh, there, uh, which is a company close to well, my heart. Although I haven't actually been able to get down to Edinburgh to see a show, um, as I'm in Elgin and have bills and stuff. Um, so, what was it about Discovery Wrestling that that caught your eye? Um, about the shows, about the setup, whatever. Um. I remember the announcement of when Discovery was going to happen, when um, Alan had put out that 
was starting his own company. Um, they were going to be having a show in Edinburgh. But before that, they were having a launch party for Discovery um, the night of WrestleMania 30 in the, what's it, was the bar at the Student Union in Dundee. Um, so me and my friend Mark ended up going through to Dundee. We had tickets to go to that. And we watched, they had the whole, they were watching classic wrestling matches and then they made the announcement about what was going to happen and that their first announced match was going to be, I want to say it was Grado against Colt Cabana, but then that ended up not happening for reasons. Um, and then they had the big whole announcement of this is Discovery Wrestling, this is what's going to happen. And I was like, sounds amazing. Um, watched WrestleMania 30 there, watched everyone cry as The Undertaker lost the streak um, whilst I'm just happy because I put a bet on for him to lose and I won money and everyone else was sad and I was just like, okay, this is nice. Um, and then went to the first show and the first show was amazing. Um, they're just like really well laid out. Um, they've got a really good sort of, what's the word? It's like a good environment to be around. Like everyone's really happy at a disco show. Um, like recently now we're starting to be in FPWA and doing the training that um, a few of us, we've had the chance to like work setting up and doing like security in the disco shows as well and even like the environment like the whole atmosphere in the back behind the curtain is really great as well like everyone's just really happy to be there like put on a really good show just make everyone happy it's just it's a really positive environment I always find with the Discovery shows when I watch them on, on their YouTube and when they had their on demand for a bit, um, it was, it's one of those companies that kind of bridges that gap between family friendly, you got a little bit cheesy hokiness with Gene Money, um, who's amazing. So that's not a slight against him at all. And then you can, you've no, got the indie stuff. My, uh, yeah, Gene Money is my dream opponent. That is my dream match, me versus Gene Money. And then you've got the, the indie stuff, the middle stuff, they've got get guys um, uh, over. Uh, from, from Japan, you get the Bullet Club and uh, the Elite and all that. And then, then you have a little bit more serious stuff. You have the actual wrestling wrestling as well. So I always found that when I watched them, you always got a bit of everything with the Discovery Show. So if you, if you went thinking, I'll take the kids, there'll be some, something funny will happen and they'll love it. Or, and I'll get to see maybe someone get hit by a chair. I mean, everything will happen in that show. Um, so so you, you work in as the crew, is it just Discovery? I know some of the FPWA guys have done Fair City as well. Um, not had a chance to do Fair City. I've done Discovery and I've done one WrestleZone show in Montrose, I want to say it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was Montrose. I think I remember a, a picture coming out afterwards of, of the crew uh, because Andy is very good or, or, or the team at FPWA as well are very good at, at uh, giving the students their props when they're when they've done that kind of thing showing that they're they're paying their dues the right way 
the right way of using that phrase uh, by by working these little littler shows and 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 is it just building the ring and that kind of thing? Uh, building the ring, setting up all the chairs for everyone to sit in. Um, sometimes I'll be a runner, so if someone comes out to the ring wearing like entrance gear and then they take it off and it needs taken backstage, I'll take it off of whoever's ringside, be it like the ref or whoever's there, the wrestler themselves, I'll run it backstage back to wherever they're set up so that they can pack that back when they're leaving. Um, crowd control, if that's the right way of putting it. Um, like dealing with the public if they've got any like questions about what's happening or need any issues sorted out, they'll come to whoever's working around the barriers. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. You find that really doing those things that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a little bit of an appreciation of of when you eventually get in the ring, you'll be able to appreciate the younger guys doing the exact same job. So it's it's a good it's a good way to do it. As a as an outsider's perspective, who's never going to set foot in the ring for a wrestling thing, because no, just no. <laughs> it's just. No, no. I, I've done. I've done very limited like mic stuff, and I think I'll leave it to that. that. That'll do me. Um, but if any company wants to 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 pay me to do anything in the ring, then my contact details are. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so, so you get to appreciate that doing those little jobs and and building up to eventually being in the ring. Um, how was how was it taking your first bump? Um, I'm quite clumsy, and I fall down a lot. So it didn't feel very different to just general. Um, well, that bump was fine. Taking my first clothesline, completely different story. That was horrific. But just doing back bumps was not as bad as I was anticipating. I'm saying this now and now I'm totally out of practice and when I go back and take my first bump back again it's probably going to be horrific just as karma for me saying that but um, no that was fine uh, first time running the ropes the ropes are not as soft as you would think they are they are very tight and not comfortable so first time after doing a few run-ins of the ropes, I had um, sort of like a line bruise against my back. That's fun, but no, like back bump, I think. Um, so just because there's obviously a structure in the show, um, I'm, I'm going to give a quick shout out to, to Frank at Last Minute Wrestling uh, Podcast because he's had me on. I think he's got your, I'm assuming he's got yourself on as a future guest. Um, it seems to be... He, he, um, he, he somehow sparked uh, your attention on some awful uh, wrestling pay-per-views that you own on DVD. Um, like we were saying before before this hit record, I also own December to Dismember. I willingly bought it. Um, my friend willingly recorded it. And he didn't really insist on getting that VHS back at the time um, for good reason. I can see your collection behind you. For those that are watching the video stream, you can see it as well. Those what not listen to the podcast, you could have to go to watch the video. 
some of, of it. your collection, what is the most obscurest slash why have you bought this DVD? What what would be it? Like oh. If you go to your collection and, and someone looks at it and goes, why have you got that? What would it be? Um, there's not many really obscure. I do have, I'll pull this out because I'm not very proud of owning this. I do have the special two disc edition of the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, not that I supported that sort of thing, but it was in a charity shop for 50p and I was like, yes, yes, immediately, yes, that is mine. Um, but most of these are all just like charity shop and CEX finds. I tend to finish work quite early in the afternoon because I start early in the morning. So not now because everything's all closed down, but what I would normally do when I finish work is I would walk into town and just go into say CEX or like every charity shop I could find pretty much every day just scouring for any wrestling DVD. The worse the better. Um, these aren't really, I don't have that many really bad DVDs because there's not that many around just now but I do have some really horrific WCW pay-per-views on VHS in another room in this house. Um, which I keep getting told to get rid of because why am I still holding on to video cassettes but I refuse no, you, to get rid of You them. definitely can't. I mean, my, my old collection is at my, my parents' is in their loft. Eventually I'm going to have to take them back but I've got about two boxes of VHSs and I'm like I could sell them but I have two boxes of VHSs while I'm keeping them. Um, yeah, I'm exactly the same with the charity shop thing. Even though I've got really nowhere to put them, I'll still go into a charity shop if I go past and go, oh, it's a wrestling DVD there, 50p, great. Because I found out, I found WWF, WWF branded uh, Judgment Day 2001, um, and, well, 2000. It was, uh, oh, what was it? It was, no, it wasn't, it was 2001 because it was uh, Triple H versus Steve Austin. Uh, I could be wrong. It had them on the cover. Judgment Day 2001, Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, it's two-man power trip. Kane versus Triple H in a chain match. That's why they were on the cover, yes, because it was two-man power trip. Um, yeah, so I found that and I was like, 50p, you are mine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of my, my bread and butter. Um, my I think my worst one I have I own is uh, a three disc edition of the best of Curry Man in Japan. I'm so jealous. That's <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I went through a very long period when I was single, obviously, um, of of going onto eBay and finding the obscurest DVDs wrestling ones that I could find. I've got a whole edition of, uh, I think it's called World of Sport Wrestling, but it was like Japan. It had like Inoki and all that kind of stuff on it. It was like 10 discs of stuff that I didn't know why I bought it. It was £3. Buy it now. And I was like, yes. Why you bought Exactly. That was the best, best reason to buy these things. I'm going to have to dig them out because someone will have some use for them that I 
definitely don't. I'm sure there's a teaching moment in, in one of those discs that someone will, will find useful. Um, I'm someone. <laughs> I'll be. I'll, I'll keep you in mind if I ever dig these DVDs out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I. I'll. I'll keep you in mind. I'll give you the list before I, I put them for sale. Um, First steps. <laughs> so, a lot of people would have. Your name would have came to attention for myself specifically and people that follow the page through our lockdown tournaments. Um, specifically the tag team one, uh, as you teamed with Big Benny from, uh, from RPW as the Scrandalorians. Um, so when, when the, the, the draw was made, it was by random, and this is the team that was made, how did you come up with the name Scrandalorians? Did, was one using there as DM straight away going, this is the name? Or was there a bit of a brainstorming session? That was all Benny. Benny was straight on with Scrandalorians. Um, I messaged him at first, like introducing myself, saying hi, uh, being like, you're tag team partners. Um, and I was just like, who do you want to have as our managers? Because the managers was the biggest thing with all the other teams thanks to omar with the singles tournament that made the whole manager thing like seem to be the big deal um we'd had a twitter exchange before that where we had been paired up uh and we just pretty much used uh blades of glory gifts so we were like well Chaz michael michaels and jimmy mcelroy have to be our managers and then we were trying to come up with team names and he came up with that like instantly and i was like that is amazing because food references and star wars puns can just be done forever there's so many possibilities to go with that and then once we got past the first round and with chaz and jimmy we were like well now we can just take star wars characters and make food puns. I'm really gutted that um, our three-man team in the six-man tag tournament uh, got knocked out when they did, because if we had went forward, we had amazing ideas. Like we had um, C3P Oreo, who was a blue version of C3PO with Oreos for eyes. Um, <laughs> like we have got uh baby soda which is baby yoda holding an iron brew can like it was just there were so many ways to go with it with the name and then so many catchphrases from the show that we can just twist and add food jokes and make it ours i was like this is the greatest idea ever and now it is a huge goal of i think both of ours to make the scrandalorians be a thing in real life and not just in the SWN tournaments because we had so much fun with it and it's just like everyone loves Star Wars so and then you did you did the the logo and had the, the promos as well that's actually one of the, the one of the questions we got in from from people was from Big Benny himself uh, oh. it says uh, where are we having our first celebratory scran once we start collecting titles? Ooh. That is... Oh, that's a good... I feel like for us it would need to be a buffet. 
like just load up on as much food as possible for as little amount of money just destroy a buffet somewhere like it would definitely be something like that just me our tag titles on the table with us just taking them up as trays to hold our plates I definitely a buffet I think or, or a bit of a, a teppanyaki station or something just having the guy flipping flipping the chicken into the into the middle of the belts where the bowl is oh there's there's so many possibilities um, good idea, man. this works <laughs> do you want to be our manager we can do this oh uh, I'd, I'd yeah I, that, that's all in, in my station um there's always a, a thing in each episode where i say that i don't i don't like watch something last time's avatar never seen it rain tried to teach me about that i've still watched it um i'll be perfectly honest with you I've I've only seen the original and the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. Never seen any new ones. Um, I hadn't seen any episodes of The Mandalorian until after Benny said that Scrandalorians could be one of our team names. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm going to go watch this, though. So I had to binge it really quickly just to get all the references because I didn't know any of them. I've not told him that. <laughs> But I hadn't seen The Mandalorian at all, but I was like, that's too good an idea. I need Amazon Prime. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I hadn't seen it. But it's good, you should watch it. It I, is very good. I'll eventually get to I mean, it's one of those things where at the moment, because we're working at home and all this pandemic stuff, when, it, when, I, when I finish work, I won't go downstairs and just watch something like I've seen before and I can fall asleep yeah. to it. At the moment, it's community. That. Um, rewatching wow. Community from the start again. Um, the sleep's not happening because I I love that show. It's just so when when you get to the last season, all you'll do is sleep. The last season. Uh, there was a season that Don Harmon left that I remember not being particularly good either. Um, that was, was the one where the season after this, the, there was a they blamed it on a pipe leaking or something like that 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 caused things to go weird. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. Just ended season one, so I'm in the I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the good times. That's yeah. the important bit. Um, so yeah, so, so Scandalorians is going to be a thing. That's going to be the, one of the yeah, first things to come out. Um, so goals. Let's let's go for goals. So I'm, I'm assuming one will obviously be actually wrestling match. Um, but is there any dream opponents you have immediately that come to mind? I know you said Gene Money as uh, was one of them. Um, we're in my little box, well, it's still my little box room just now. Um, I'm in the process of moving house, so everything's all sort of over the place. You're currently, like, my phone is currently propped against a box, um, and this is an ironing board that you're on. But I think I have my notebook that has, I've written down all the goals I want to achieve. I'm sure, yes, I've got it right here. Um, I have my goals with me. So that's handy. Uh, opponents. Gene Money, definitely. Because I think that would be an amazing match. Because, like, my character, I think, is quite serious. Um, so doing the whole serious shtick against a con 
like a comedy style of wrestling, like because they're opposites, it tends to work really well when you've got a straight man and a comedy guy. I feel like that would be the best possible match I could put on against like the funniest wrestler I have ever seen, who's also just one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in general. Like he can do anything. Um, if anyone saw the last Discovery show before everything all stopped with COVID, when he did like a proper wrestling match with not much comedy at all, like you'd see that he can he can go, but he's just the funniest guy and the nicest guy. Um, uh, Andy Wilde, obviously, because that writes itself. Teacher versus student. Easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sugar Dunkerton, because I love him, and I feel like that would be great. And then anyone who wrestled in, like, original ECW is, like, a huge goal for me. The more time goes on, the less likely that is to happen. But like, I was a huge, I still am a huge ECW guy. Um, so to get a chance to wrestle at anyone that wrestled for like ECW, not like when it came back, but proper ECW, that would be amazing. Uh, one of my goals is also to eventually somehow wrestle in the ECW arena. I'd love to do that at some point. And then I would also want to wrestle either against and or tag with um, TK Cooper. Okay. Purely because like, I've known TK for like over a decade, but we've never met. Um, so I feel like that would be great because we used to um do you know what e-feds are oh yes i used to be a, a, a e-fedder on the bebo uh, uh me and tk used to e-fed we were a tag team we split up we had a feud and like i feel like that needs to happen in real life so many things that have happened like virtually that i want to happen in real life like the whole me and tk thing scrandalorians just yeah, that's a goal. Me and TK. Um, speaking of e-fedding, yeah, my, I, I did it on Bebo, and uh, it's where Wait. I met... Oh my god, who were you? Um, I went by the name of The Bean, which sounds horrific. I thought it was a good idea in my head, but I think you can appreciate it, seeing as one of your infamous moments at moment on, on social media is admitting that you were the Ren Boys. So, so I think you can appreciate the bean being uh, a good name in, in mind, but not good when you think about it back. It's not great. Uh, but yeah, it's where I met uh, Jay Hunter, who I've never met in real life, but Jay Hunter of OSW Review. And we did OSW Chat, which eventually led to, to him doing something way more successful and me doing this. So it's, it's a weird time e-fedding. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone does it now. I think you still see the roleplay ones go on and Twitter. Still, there's still some stuff. Um, 
I've seen some of the later stuff, like guys all e-fed, like they'll do their promos. If people don't know what e-fedding is and they're listening to us, they'll just be like, what? Um, but no, I've seen guys do their promos and then um, they'll simulate the matches on like a 2K game. Like they'll make the characters and have the matches on the 2K game and show that instead of writing out all the results like what you used to get. Oh, that's not um, <laughs> it was, it was, I've seen a few and I was like, uh, that doesn't have as much heart being put into it as painstakingly typing out move after move of what's going on. Uh, no, I, I think it still happens. It's just, it's not as, it's not as common. Uh, I was in a, a very long-standing feud with, uh, with LAX. So the guys I was against who were obviously friends with the promoter because they kept winning, even though they didn't have their own names. They just took Hernandez and Homicide and called themselves LAX. It's a whole thing. I'm going to get really annoyed about it. So we'll just kind of move on a little bit. All I'm just saying is I should be tagging champion long ago before I left that company um, and, and formed my own company that only did like one show. Um, right. I've, I've lost my train of thought there. Let, let's... let's <laughs> uh, we were we were on dream opponents and yes dream, yes okay cool opponents um any any promotions specifically that you want to to work for discovery has been a goal since I started like, when I started going to training I was like well I rarely miss a discovery show since like the first show since it first happened like I feel quite connected to that promotion so. Discovery was the main one that I first put down. I was like, I would really like to work there. Um, WrestleZone, I'd really like to work WrestleZone. I think the guys there are really great. Um, that's a really great environment as well, I think, because when um, me and a few of the guys went to go do the ring crew for the show in Montrose, it was, again, like a really positive atmosphere. Everyone like had each other's back, um, which you don't get. I found in some other promotions, which has been brought up recently uh, on the Twitter sphere. Um, one of my main goals is to be able to wrestle in my hometown in Perth. So, with Fair City Wrestling happening, they're definitely a goal um, to be able to wrestle like where I'm from and see like my friends and family actually watch me in a ring that's that would be amazing um and reckless reckless intent um it's the reckless guys that help uh, set up like they're they do the main setting up of the discovery shows then they're the guys that we tend to be helping out it's like the reckless guys and then a handful of us fpwa guys that do the setup for the Discovery shows and being around them, like, they're really great. They seem like a really close-knit sort of family. Um, so it'd be really great to get a chance to go to one of their shows and not just help out, like, with the ring with them and be friends with them that way, but actually to perform with them. I feel like that would be really good as well. They're, I think, is that four? They're like the main four that I've set out for myself in Scotland. 
Well, speaking of WrestleZone, uh, we had Mickey Vago uh, post in a, a little question. Um, so I'll read it verbatim. Uh, ask okay. him if he was unaware that someone had already established the name he's given himself, as he's the heavy metal hooligan. Uh, oh, yes. or, if, or if he picked it knowing full well he'd always be the second best hooligan working in Scotland. Oof. So we've got a ready-made story for WrestleZone. The heavy metal hooligan, Fair City hooligan. What's your response um, to that? Response? Uh, I don't know how long... Do you know how long he's been active? Uh, oh God, I'm, I'm, I should know. I'm like the mega Yeah, you're here. a big... <laughs> I, I want to say at least four, maybe five years. Like, I'm only just cutting my teeth, but uh, like the whole Fair City Hooligan thing well, that that was a that was on efeds for years. Like I've been doing that for a while. Um, oh, that's second best hooligan. Oh, I don't know how to feel about that. The whole the Fair City Hooligan name um, comes from a song called Fair City Hooligans um, that my like one of my best friends Keith. He was in the band. Um, they're not they're not around anymore. But they had a song Fair City Hooligans. Um, that's where I took my name from. So it's not like taking anything from anyone. I didn't mean anything. I don't want to step on anyone's toes by being another. But then, I don't know, I feel there's been lots of hooligans in wrestling. There's uh, Holland and Brian Kendrick. That they were the hooligans. That's the first one that came to my head. Yeah, that's the only one I could think of for hooligans. There's the, there's the, I want to say it's Zach and Roy, is it? The Knight Brothers? They're the UK hooligans. I know they've been going about since about, I think they've, been tagging since 2010 using that name because I looked at that because I was like oh do I want to use Fair City Hooligan I don't want to cause any bother with anyone else that uses a similar name but I think they've had a name like that for about a decade there's lots of we should just have like a big hooligan battle royal and then whoever wins gets to keep the name but that sounds like the best idea. That, that's that's the best way to do it. Most diplomatic way. Everyone in, in into the into the pile. Uh, anyone called a hooligan, in you go. Um, so the, the other question, three, a whole three questions, okay. it was from Kevin Williams, and uh, wow. he he asked, uh, he must know what your favourite dinosaur is. Um, Ric Flair. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if anyone follows, there's a Jurassic Park Twitter account that said that the Tyrannosaurus in Jurassic Park was called Kevin the Large. So, we could say him as a tribute to Kevin for asking that question. Um, Obviously not the large bit. Let's just, no, no. we're already picking fights with Mickey Vago here. We don't want to... <laughs> oh, Kevin's lovely. He was, I wouldn't know. Um, oh God, see, when I was a kid, I used to have so many dinosaur toys and I could tell you every single one of their names and like whether they were carnivorous or if they were a herbivore and all of that went out of my head. The only dinosaurs I really remember are the ones that are also Megazords in Power Rangers. Um, oh wait hang on for anyone that's got the video uh, this guy this Lego Tyrannosaurus well, that's a Triceratops, isn't it? See, I don't even remember the name. 
I only yes. remember that because of Power Rangers as well. <laughs> so a mastodon's not a dinosaur, is it? That's like a mammoth thing. Uh, all I know is mastodon. This is this is great educational stuff for people. But all, all I know is mastodon is the band that I've never heard a song of, and Vader. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll go with Kevin the Large. Let's go with that. Yeah, I, I, my, my, I, I feel like I'm kind of list. I'm, I'm interviewing a mirror of myself because you have mentioned Power Rangers, and yeah, that's pretty much my acknowledgement of of dinosaurs. I used to love dinosaurs, like yourself, and then, yeah, now it's uh, Triceratops is Billy the Blue Ranger, um, and and Tyrannosaurus Red Ranger, saber tooth tiger, you know, all, all the good ones, pterodactyl, falcon zord. No wait, that's. That's White Ranger. Right, we, we, again, we've spun off. Right, uh, so that was, that was the three questions that we got. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're going we're gonna to keep doing this in, until the end of time. So I think we should kind of wrap up a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I think a wrestling podcast with his last question being favourite dinosaurs, I think that about sums up what I, I aim to achieve with SWM podcast. Uh, so where, where can people find you on the social media? Oh, uh, everywhere. Um, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Brent Carter FCH. Um, on Twitter, I'm Brent Carter FCH. On Instagram, I'm Brent Carter FCH. Although with what's happening right now with this pandemic, I do not have a lot of pictures to be putting up because I'm not doing anything. Um, I have a Snapchat, but yeah. Again, don't have anything to send out. There's nothing there. But that's Brent Carter FCH as well. Um, I've got a big cartel page, which is I'm waiting on a shipment arriving. But I should be selling my own little Brent Carter patches for sewing onto jackets or backpacks or anything you fancy. Because thought that's different everyone's got a t-shirt I'll have some patches no one's doing patches um so that I should know what that is I think that's fearcityhooligan.bigcartel.com I might be wrong but doesn't matter if I'm wrong right now because there's nothing on there yet but I will put on my twitter when the stock arrives I think that's about it uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we I was oh. going to set up a TikTok, but then I remembered I'm 30, so that's not happening. Um, no, um, nothing I'll do plug. Uh, I think, yeah, no, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm just working and sleeping and waiting for wrestling to come back. So, I mean, I, I don't want to, to suggest what to do for your Instagram, but uh, perhaps display your collection. I think that would be a good... Good way. While you're packing up, you can kind of display your collection. Go well. This is I got this here at uh, CEX. I got this at Oxfam mm -hmm. and other charity shops. Uh, but yeah, thank you for for agreeing to be on this podcast, and uh, we'll look forward to hopefully everyone watching, and listening to it, and uh, seeing the Fair City Hooligan Batterfolk in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for having me. It's been great.